Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us for another message from Res Life Holland. We hope this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus and empowers you to live the life God has for you. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, Res Life family. It's so good to see you guys today. For those of you that are joining us for the first time online or in person, my name is Adrian Dykstra. I'm the youth pastor here at Res Life Holland. Um, the senior pastors, Josh and Emily Vanderklok, they're celebrating Emily's birthday this weekend. So they're out of town celebrating life with this past year was and what the next year holds for them. So we just bless them as we open up the word together. Um, I just wanted to, to give glory to God this morning. I saw a friend of mine, Tom Langens, um, about five weeks ago, he had a stroke that he lost mobility in his right side and he had a little bit of slurred speech, but almost immediately God gave him feeling in his right side again. And you wouldn't even tell, you couldn't tell that he had experienced that about five weeks ago. So we just give glory to God, <laughs> amen. He is the healer. He is the healer. Thank you, Lord. What a testimony. That just blesses me so much. So good to see you, Tom. Um, a few months back, I want to say a couple months back, the Lord was really, really working on my heart. And I had been going, going, going. And in this culture, it's very easy to do, right? Where it's kind of a, a thing to boast about how busy you are, right? Like, how are you doing? I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy too. All right, we must be doing things right. If we're busy, that's good. Not necessarily, right? There's a, there's a bad kind of busyness where you're not getting any rest. And I felt like the Lord gave me this picture where, um, you know, it's easy for me to, to see because I have two little boys. But he, like, like a little boy in my, my papa's lap, he brought my head to his chest. And he said, this is how fast I want you to be moving right now. And I'm like, oh, but God, but God, there's so much to do. I, I feel like that I, I need to be doing these things. I need to be going out. And, and he's like, no, no, this is where you're most effective right now, is resting in me. And, you know, I was just having a moment with my son during worship. And it's just, again, just this picture of peace that he's experiencing, security. He's getting his rest that he needs when he just comes onto my chest. And what the Lord put on my heart for us this morning is connection. And I, I knew that he stirred in my heart that there'd be some of us this morning that are coming this Sunday and, you know, we're going to hear a great message. We're going to hear the word. It never returns void. We go home. We might stew around with it for a little bit. But then all too quickly, we find ourselves in the day-to-day -day busyness. And he wants to cut that out. Right? It's good for us to work hard. But to be hurried and to not find that time to rest, to connect with your Lord, we're starting to lose sight of where life comes from, where our source is. And I was getting this other picture, too, of um, plugging my phone into the wall, right, to charge it. If it's completely dead, I'm plugging that baby into the wall. How frustrating is it when I get back and I realize it fell out somehow? <laughs> or that the whole time it was plugged in like halfway, which still doesn't mean that it was charging. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? It's still a dead phone. You know, we can find ourselves still doing the same things. And being like, why do we still not have any energy and anything to give out, to pour out to the people around us? Why do we feel our patience is still so thin with our loved ones and with our coworkers? Well, I want to challenge you. What are you connecting to? And when you know who to connect to, the source of life, are you connecting with him? 
because that's a whole other step, right? And so I want to start this morning off with a verse, um, two verses found in Jeremiah 3, verses 14 and 15. It says, return home, you wayward children, says the Lord, for I am your master. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, one from this town and two from that family, from wherever you are scattered, and I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. There's this invitation where the Lord is drawing his children in because he wants to connect. He's seeing a behavior. He's seeing things that they're doing. And he's saying, you wayward children, come back. Come back to the table, if you will. Come sit with me. Connect because you need to be known by me and you need to know me. And so I pray that that verse encourages you. It encouraged me when I read it because we all need it. We all need connection to the Father. And even if you're doing amazing in your connection time with him, if you're prioritizing that and you see that intentionality in your life, you're experiencing the fruit, I want this message to be maybe a way that you could be encouraging your brother and sister to that same end. That it's not just a a tool or a a habit, a lifestyle that you've picked up and adopted and been experiencing so much life from and not sharing that and being bold and sharing that with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because we all need it. We all need the Father. So, how many of you have ever struggled with connection to someone? I definitely have, right? Um, One of my least favorite and most relatable uh, ways that I connect with people is when I'm not ready for that deep connection, I'm not, I'm not ready for a pause, maybe I'm off to doing something else, and I ask like, hey, how you doing? Good, 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 all right, we're good, awesome, well, see you later, you know? <laughs> it's like, man, there really wasn't anything built there, it was just like a very shallow connection point. Now, what happens when you're ready to be deep, you're ready to get to those places and share some life with someone and connect, but they're not? It could look more like this. Hey, how you doing, Phil? Um, hi, how are you? I'm good. Awesome, awesome. Well, because, you know, yesterday, um, I just noticed you looked um, a little down. You just weren't as upbeat as you usually are. I just wanted to check in, make sure everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. All right, because your eyes were really red. Like, it looked like you were crying pretty hard, like, right before I saw you. No, I'm fine. Okay, all right. You know... Depth of connection is a mutual desire. It takes two people. I can keep knocking on that door to Phil, but ultimately he's just going to get really tired of me and he's going to get more frustrated and so am I than it being a time to connect and be blessed, right? We are called for connection. We're called to deep connection with the Father. And we see that first in the garden, right? We see the creator of the universe, I don't know how he did it, right? But he says it, and then it happens, and I am just in awe, right? But he created the planets. He put the sun up in the sky and the moon at night. He made all the creatures and the fish in the sea and the birds in the air. He made it all. And then he's like, I'm going to make man in my own image, in my likeness. I care about him so deeply. I want to connect with him. We see him walking with Adam in the garden. 
the, the, the author of life. Like, and he's, he's represented, his connection to Adam is as a father, and Adam's connection to him is as a son. And so we see this beautiful familial bond growing in the garden. And then God says, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he makes Adam Eve, his perfect helpmate, male and female, made in God's image for connection. And he's sharing life with them. And they're laughing and they're, they're going on swims and they're picking these fruit off the trees and they're enjoying it. And all these beautiful things are happening. He's naming animals, right? Like how fun would that be? Like he's walking with God and he's like, whoa, this one's got a really long neck. God, this is awesome. What do I? And he's like, I've called you to name him. I'm going to let you do that. That's a gift. That's my gift to you. Okay. All right. That's a giraffe. I don't know how he came up with that name, right? We see this beautiful bond forming. Adam knew the Lord because he was always connected to his source of life. Well, when sin hit, it separated us from God. And they were kicked out of the garden, no longer having that level of connection. And so we would see in the Old Testament people having to come to a place like a temple, or they would have to carry the Lord's presence like his ark with them, right? For connection. But the new covenant that we've stepped in because we have Jesus living inside of us is that we are the temple. So how wild is it for, for, for us to know that now there's nothing that can separate us from the Father, Right? There's things that can come up in life. There's pressures, there's trials, there's things that we can face. But in the end, what he has stated in his word that we are now the temple and he lives in us and nothing can change that, right? But how are we stewarding that relationship? How how are we fellowshipping, coming into communion? How are we practicing that connection? Because depth of connection is a mutual desire the Lord's always ready. I want to read you guys an amazing, amazing verse found in Revelation 3.20. This is Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And he says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. He stands at the door and knocks. And some of us hear the knocking. But there's this second part. You have to open the door, right? He's standing on the other side. He's ready for connection. And he's like, hey, hey, Adrian, I know you're upset. You, I want to talk to you about this. Open the door to me. Come on. I want to sit with you. I want to share a meal together as friends. I want to connect. Come on. Adrian, Adrian, you're getting so overwhelmed. That's unnecessary. You don't need to live that way. Come on, just open the door to me. Stop doing it in your own strength. Cut that out. Why are you living like that? You have a father, okay? So open up. What is he saying to you? Because I know you've heard the knock, and I know that you've heard the voice, but what is he saying on the other side of your door? He might already be trying to connect, even though you haven't opened up yet. And you know, I see in his word that he even walks through walls, So he will find a way. But he wants the relationship. It's one thing, you know, let's say my son 
locked himself in his room, okay? He's three, so I really hope he doesn't figure out how to do that. But it'd be one thing if I could ask him. It'd be another thing if I had to force my way in, right? The, the beauty of it being able to be something on our end to do, to open the door, even if it's an inch, the Lord can use that. And he's so gentle and he's so loving and tender that he will come in and he will meet with you knowing exactly what you need. It may be that in this moment, you just need a father who listens and he'll listen to your heart. It might be in another moment, you need a father who corrects you, right? In connection, you'll get correction, amen? You're gonna receive that, but that's a sign of a loving dad. How is he trying to connect with you this morning? Because he is, and he's always ready. He's always ready for the depth. He will go deep with you, and he'll take you with him. But you need to be willing. I heard a story recently. One of my friends, um, they live like an hour and a half away. We went to school with them, and uh, they're married with a little boy. And uh, the wife, she saw someone flailing out in the water one time at Lake Michigan. And they were um, past the buoys, so they weren't able to keep afloat. And so she swam out to this guy. And she's, she's, a, she's a tiny lady, right? She, she's not really, really tall. And this guy was a, was a big man. And so she wasn't able to, to carry him. She was just wanting to help him get to one of these buoys. But this guy, he wasn't able to swim. And the current had dragged him out, so his strength was failing. And what she started finding out was that he was dragging her under with him. And she's just trying to bring him to the source. The father is the one that has the strength when you are flailing to bring you to the source, which is connection to him. We can lean into each other to that end. I've been so guilty of that. Where I look to someone, mostly my spouse, for peace, you know, maybe I'm so overwhelmed with something. Maybe I'm facing an issue. And I'm like, please give me peace on this. And she gives whatever the Lord puts in her heart to give me. But then ultimately, she's like, the Father, man, like, you need to go to him. You need to open your door up to him. I'm like, amen, that's exactly what we need. We need to go to him for that strength. We need to go to him for that clarity and that security that we need in life. My family growing up, we did this thing after every meal where we would have this book, this devotional called Little Visits. And we'd be all be at the table, right? We'd be enjoying each other's company and all of a sudden we'd read a little story, you know, about how Bobby hit Molly and what do we learn from that, you know? And here's some verses that go into that. And what would you do in that situation? And it was this awesome time because we got to hear each other's hearts. And my dad, he would typically have some wisdom to shed on, on it too. You know, hey, this is how we are meant to operate and behave and live according to the word. <laughs> The Lord invites us to the table like that. In his word, it says to taste and see that he is good. If I go to a restaurant, I'm not just gonna look at the meal. I'm definitely going to taste it to see if it is good or not. And most of the time it is, which I'm thankful. But the Lord draws us into this time. He says, come to the table with me. Come to the table. Come on, I have something to share with you. You're gonna see that it's good. It might be hard to hear, it might, be, it might be a truth that you've been waiting, kind of rejecting almost, but you need to hear what I have to say, and I love you so much, and I'm good company. And then it's on our end to go and sit down with him. 
It's fun. I, I work part-time as a server. I've been a server for several years, and it's my favorite thing in the world is understanding connection with people, how it works. You know, you come in, and I'm ready, right? I'm, I'm waiting for my table. They all of a sudden, they come through the door, and I am like a hawk on my prey. I'm right there with them, and I'm like, hey, good morning. Great to see you guys. Have you guys ever been here before? And, you know, they start sharing with me about no, we've never, we're new to the area. New to the area? What, where are you from? You know, there's all of a sudden we're, we're growing. Sometimes people cut me off right there. And they're like, all right, man, like, let's just, we just want our food. I'm like, okay, I respect that, you know? Sometimes people never make eye contact with me, and that's just where they're at. That's okay. Maybe I have to change the way that I say something. Maybe I've just been all jokes and they're just more informational. And so I start sharing some facts with them, you know, like, oh, yeah, this place used to be an old shoe shop a long time ago. And they're like, oh, shoes. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, look at these shoes. You know what I mean? Like, there's just really weird ways that people are just ready to talk. God knows you better than anyone. He knows how to draw you in. And he knows how to keep knocking and keep waiting on you, his son, his daughter, to meet with him, share life with him. I want to look first before we jump into the passage um, that I have for us today. I want to look at how Jesus connected with the Father. I want to see what did he do in his life? How did he recognize God and, and what does that look like? And so we're going to look at Luke 2.49 to begin. So reference and context for this passage is that Joseph and Mary um, went to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover festival. They would do this every year, it said. And so they'd do that with family members and with friends. And they'd come and they'd celebrate and then they'd go back home to Nazareth. So Joseph and Mary on their way back home to Nazareth in this caravan with all these people. They're assuming that Jesus is just among them, right? That's how they did family. They, they were just growing up in community all the time. And so Jesus wasn't among them. And when they meet that evening, Joseph and Mary are looking, you know, like, hey, Phil, did you see? Are you, okay, you know, he's, prob he's probably over here. It's okay. You know, they're going around and they're, they're asking people, where is Jesus? They come to find out he's not even there. So they are frantic going back to Jerusalem. Could you guys imagine looking for Jesus? Like you've lost Jesus. Like that is not something to not be frantic about, like, I'm sorry, but that's intense. I almost lost my, my sister's dog one time. That was enough. But, man, that wouldn't make Mary and Joseph feel better either if I told them that. You guys lost Jesus, though. I mean, that's pretty messed up. No, so they're looking for three days for Jesus. They end up finding him in the temple. And they're like, Jesus, Jesus, buddy. We've been looking for you for three days. Your father and I are, have barely slept. Like, where have you been? And this is Jesus' response. He's 12 years old. And he says, but why did you need to search? He asked, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Why did you need to look to where I was? Surely you must have known I would be in my father's house. It said in this passage that they didn't know what that meant at the time, right? I mean, I'm sure it was all a mystery. 
but it's starting to piece together and we can recognize he meant that he's in God's house, connecting with his Abba God, knowing him, being known by him, asking questions to the religious leaders. They're blown away by Jesus's answers. It's not because of his own wisdom, but it's because of what the Lord put in him. He was fully man and fully God. And he's demonstrating for us as a 12-year-old boy what it looks like to be drawn into connection with God. It should be a no-brainer for any of us. You know, hey, wow, I've had people ask me before, again, this is nothing that I have in myself alone. It's all because of Jesus. But they're like, are you always in a good mood? And I'm not always in a good mood. But I'm so thankful that I connect with the Father because otherwise I'd never be in a good mood. I would, have, I would never have anything worth giving to anybody if who I spent time with was only myself. I would never have the love that I need for people, the patience. I would never have understanding or the wisdom that I need to connect with people if I wasn't connecting with the Father. And how beautiful is this that Jesus is coming into the temple and then later he makes us the temple. He makes us a connection point. He's saying, I'm coming to live in here with no separation between us. So you don't have to go anywhere. You can be in your bed at night thinking about me, talking to me. There's no separation there. We should be doing that. We should be operating in this practice of connecting with the Father because he is our life. Later, we see in Luke 5, 16, so now Jesus has already started his public ministry, early 30s, right? And he is still just the man. Like, I love him so much. Listen to what he says in this passage. He's, he is going to the Father. He's saying, but Jesus, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He often withdrew. So there's pressures around him. There's things. His influence is growing. His responsibilities are too. And what does he do when all of those things start to come in? He does it anyway. He's done what he's, what he's always been doing. He draws into some time to connect with his dad. He recognizes his need for the Lord, fully man, so that he can give everyone exactly what they need, being fully God. One more verse for that and how we see Jesus and our connection to him and how we see he, he connect with God. John 15, five says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything. You can't do it. Guys, we can't live this life alone. We can't live this life separated from the vine. Why do we keep trying? Or at least why don't we begin trying? Why don't we begin uh, understanding the mystery of hearing the voice of God? Because it is. But he wants to be heard and he wants to be known. If he's knocking at the door saying, if you hear my voice, that's something we get to cultivate. That's something we get to build. But we need to build it, and not just on a Sunday. We need to build it throughout our life. We need to be hiding his word in our heart. We need to be including and recognizing him in the things that we're doing because it's not because he's not in us that we might not be experiencing peace in a situation. It might be because we haven't opened the door and invited him into it. We're trying to do it in our own strength. 
when he says to include him and remain in him in all things so we can produce much fruit. I just speak that over your hearts this morning, that you are a people that produce much fruit for the kingdom and that you recognize what, what's the fruit of the world and what's eternal fruit, what's lasting fruit, it says in Matthew. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't measure success about the things that you have and what you see going on around you. Don't get distracted. These are all things we have to be aware of because we are susceptible to get distracted and get caught up about who has what. And, but the Father's like, just remain in me. Open the door. Meet with me. We'll share a meal together as friends, okay? All right. All right, this is the passage we're gonna be spending the rest of the time on. And um, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be pinpointing three things from it, okay? There's an introduction in connection. There's an exchange a giving and a taking, a giving and a receiving, and then there's a takeaway, there's a charge. So if I were to have people come to my table, right, at a restaurant, I'm making an introduction. Hi, my name is Adrian, I'm gonna be your server today. Um, this is the restaurant that we're at, here's the food that we offer. Do you have any questions, right? In that time, I just gave you an introduction, I've made an exchange almost, then they get to respond. And then there's a takeaway. I walk away from the table. Maybe they're still looking at the menu. Maybe they've already decided what they wanted. And they're starting to come up with thoughts that they have about me. Oh, that guy, he smells weird. I don't know. I try not to. Oh, that guy, you know, he, uh, he kind of reminded me of, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Nathan. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of Nathan. Who's Nathan? I don't know. But they're, they're coming up with ideas just from that brief introduction. You know, we've already shared a conversation. There's already been a level of connection we had. Shallow right? But we've connected. And then there's a charge. There's something that they know about because of that interaction. We gave him our order. The food's coming. You know, he let us know that he's going to go check on if we have this food item. Great. We're just going to wait then. In this passage, you're going to see those three things. You're going to see the Lord come to Jeremiah the prophet. You're going to see an exchange, a way that the father is coming to share something with him. And then a response, because God loves conversation. He loves that connection time. And then we see a charge. We see a takeaway. We see something that Jeremiah can sink his teeth into for what he's called to do in his life. All right, so let's open that up. I'm going to read it all as a whole, and then we're going to go through it bit by bit. The introduction, okay? Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. So let's dig into this because when I, read, when I heard this the first time, I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Like he is just 
on the Lord. He's coming to his son. He's in defining him. He's sharing with him who he is. Even in Jeremiah's insecurity, the Lord reaffirms him and plants his feet down and says, you must go wherever I send you. Say whatever I tell you. I got your back. Okay, let's, let's start going into this. Okay, so in the very beginning there, we see the Lord knocking on Jeremiah's door. He's done this several different ways all throughout Scripture. He's done this so many different ways. You know, to Moses, the way he introduced himself, the way he came into the picture, the moment, was through a burning bush. For Mary, it was Gabriel the angel. You know, we see through Joseph, um, it was a dream, right? So he comes to us in different ways. And we need to be aware. We need to be awake to the way he might be trying to reach you. It might be through a friend that you keep getting these odd texts from every few months and they're just like, hey, God bless you. The Lord loves you. You're just like, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, whatever, whatever way he's trying to reach you, he is. You need to be aware to what that might be for you. But in this instance with Jeremiah, it just says, the Lord gave me this message. So I'm just assuming he just heard it clear as day and it's God saying, boom, Jeremiah. He wants to be known by you guys. He's a good father. And so he comes into the picture and he wants you to know that he's ready to connect. But again, guys, it depends on the desire you have to go deep on how deep you go. Let's keep reading. We start to see an exchange now. We start to see the Lord sharing something with Jeremiah. And this is a beautiful part. The Lord speaks to his people gives them a glimpse into how he sees them, which is what matters. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb, before you were born. I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Whew. That's big. That's big. There's nothing like a father telling you and defining you and who you are. You got it, buddy. Hey, don't worry about all that. Okay, it's gonna work out, it's okay. What did they say to you? What? They said that about you? They must not know you because that's simply not true. Take my word, live into it, lean into it. I want you guys to hear your names in this verse, okay? I didn't ask all of y'all's permission, but I'm gonna see some of you and I'm gonna use your names and I'll plug it right into this verse because it's powerful when you start to see the way the Lord speaks to you, all right? So let's look at this. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you, Daniel. I knew you, Steve. I knew you, Isaiah. And I knew you, Bobby. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, Ingrid and Kevin. Before you were born, Wendy. I set you apart and appointed you. Okay, now this is specifically to Jeremiah. He appointed him and set him apart to be the prophet of many nations. But what has he set you apart and appointed you to do? That's specific to you. Because I can't read this passage and put my name into all of those points and be like, oh, and I'm a prophet to many nations. Now, I haven't felt that call yet. Who knows what the Lord's gonna say throughout my life. But right now, that is not what I've heard. What the Lord has said to you is going to ring with your spirit. It might seem impossible to accomplish. It is. In you, it is. 
but through you, him working through you, he's gonna make it happen. But it's gonna be something that excites you. It's gonna be something that brings you life. It's gonna be something that you are like, this makes so much sense. All along, that's why I've had these desires. That's why I was born with these giftings and these strengths. Or maybe strengths that he needs to develop in you. But something that was on my heart this morning when I was reading this passage um, is a couple of you that I wanna call out. Some of you, he's called to be a defender of the defenseless. To both coworkers and family members alike that you've seen slandered or backstabbed right in front of you. You need to step up. You need to defend them. You need to be that voice that God gave you, that he set you apart and appointed you to have to be a defender. Now we're all meant to edify the body. We're all meant to edify the group. But I believe that he's given an special anointing to some of you in this room to defend the defenseless and to champion that call in your workplaces and in your families. Don't despise your youth if you're young. Jeremiah, we're about to get into that, okay. Don't despise your youth or your wisdom in your age. Don't despise your income. Don't despise geographically where you're located. Whatever it is, the Lord has called you to defend the defenseless and you need to act in that call. Recognize your appointment. Some of you have been called to mother the motherless. You are a woman who sees both young and older women struggling and going through things that you've gone through and are called to be a voice that builds them back up. Build them up. Recognize the call, what you've been set apart and appointed to do, and strengthen those women around you. Don't be afraid of how you'll come across, because if the Lord has appointed you to do that, he's going to protect you. He's going to protect your feelings. He's going to protect your, your steps that you're taking, but he's going to show you that that's something that you've been needing to operate in. I believe that some of you are artists, and you are made by God to create through you things that will be drawing him into connection with him. That could be artists in music or artists on canvas, but the Lord has works that he's put in your heart to draw people into connection with him. And lastly, I believe that someone here um, or someone online that might watch this at a later date is called to start an equestrian camp that helps those with mental disabilities and find peace and addicts get back on their feet. So that could be someone in here, that could be someone online. The Lord has set you apart and appointed you. And now Jeremiah responds. He says, oh sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Now, I was looking up, how old was Jeremiah when he received this word from God? And some people were like, you know, he's between 13 and 16. Someone else was so confident, they're like, Jeremiah was 17 years old. Um, someone, a, a few other people were like, he's in his young 20s, you know, or 20s. Regardless, actually, of Jeremiah's age is more important what Jeremiah believed of himself. Because he could have been 
40, 60, 80, and still thought, I don't know how, but he was too young. What he believed was almost going to prevent him from acting on what he was set apart and appointed to do. What is that thing for you? What are you saying, oh, sovereign Lord? So Jeremiah knows who he's talking to. He's not saying, oh, one who is speaking to me. He recognizes this is God. And he's saying, I can't speak to you, for you. I'm too young. You know what that thing is for yourself. You know what fear, maybe insecurity, comes up and tries to invade and steal the call that God's placed on your life. We cannot allow that. We cannot allow that. Come back to what he's told you. Come back to how he's affirmed you and and put desires in your heart to perform that you need to be acting on. Remind yourself of those things and let him drown out the lie and the fears and the insecurities that tend to be something you might be responding with. In Hebrews 4.12, we get this awesome verse. I mean, so many awesome verses, but I love this one. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes those things. So natural things in this life that we're trying to medicate, the, the, the things we can't touch, right? If there's pride or if there's um, depression or anxiety or if there's um, fear going on in our life that we're trying to get out by using natural means, it's not going to work. But something beautiful that he says about his word is that it separates those things from us. That it it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires, bone from marrow, soul and spirit, so that you get to see, have you guys ever had this dialogue before? Lord, what's me, what's the devil, and what's just the world? Like, what's going on here, right? Well, when you come into contact for the word, I've heard it said like this, the Lord is holding out the sharpest double-edged sword there ever was. He's placed it to your heart, and he's saying, come to me. Come to me for connection right now. You need this. You need this. This is going to separate for you your innermost thoughts and desires. Philippians 2.13, he says that he creates in us the power and desire to do what pleases him. But how do you know what God wants for you if you're not opening up the word and coming into contact with it, right? So you need to be coming into contact with that sword that's separating from you the soul and spirit so that we start living by the spirit, not by the soul anymore. Okay, okay, so Jeremiah just said, I'm too young. (laughs) Um, We're gonna keep building on that. Oh, I think I deleted a whole page. It's okay. That's why I printed it up. (laughs) Oh, man, it's like when you guys like put something in a really smart place in your house and you're like, I'm gonna thank myself later. And then you forget what that really smart place was and you're like, ah, man, I'm too smart for my own good. Oh, man, well, the beauty is that I printed up exactly what I have here. It's okay. I'm going to quick bring it up here, though. Jeremiah, I'm sorry, guys. All right. All right, here we go. Don't say I am too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and protect you, right? 
So he's saying right off the bat, don't say I'm too young. Don't say I'm too afraid. Don't say that it's because of my past I won't be able to, to do and fulfill the things you've called to me in my present. Don't say that you've lost too much time. Don't say that that was something now that certainly I can't accomplish now because the Lord is able to do infinitely more than we could ever ask or think. So if we are limiting God for something that we thought we were called to and now we couldn't fulfill anymore, whose thinking are we leaning into there? We're saying it's impossible when God said in him all things are possible. So there's still this exchange going on where the Lord's coming to Jeremiah. He's correcting that thought where Jeremiah was like, I'm too young. He says, first off, don't say I'm too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you and don't be afraid of the people for I will be with you and will protect you. Now we're starting to get into the takeaway. We're starting to get into what Jeremiah can leave the connection time with in knowing what he can expect from the Lord. I wanna draw that out here. He says that he will be with him and protect him. If you are needing to step out, if you are needing to be bold and be the leader, he's called us all to be a leader. If you have influence, then you are a leader. I've heard recently, it is what we're doing with that influence. Who are we drawing that influence to, to purify and refine so that we can be his hands and feet? You are all called to lead. What security do you need to hear from the Lord to step out in faith? What do you need to hear from him? Jeremiah needed to hear that the Lord would be with him and that the Lord would protect him. And don't be afraid of the people. <laughs> Jeremiah, he can see his heart. And maybe Jeremiah's like, oh man, well, even if I do all these things, I'm pretty young. And how are they going to take me seriously? And there'd probably be a mob. They're going to start stoning me. And he's like, and don't be afraid of the people because I will be with you and protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I've put my words in your mouth. Today, I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. This encourages me because I see the clarity that God speaks with to his people. And sometimes I can desire that. I'm like, man, well, you came to Jeremiah and, and you came to Joseph and gave him a dream and you came to Mary through an angel. And the Lord's like, and I'm gonna come to you. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, we will share a meal together as friends. When I was going through this message, it was, it was hard because I want you guys to walk away with something that, that you feel is practical. Okay, so now you know the value of connection. What do you do with the value of connection that you know is important? Sometimes, it's the smell of the food that draws us to the meal. Sometimes it's us expressing and showing and, and opening up the word that should be the smell that draws us to it. He, he, he showed me in the very beginning that, that verse, he brought that 
In Jeremiah 3, 14, 15, return home, you wayward children, says the Lord, for I am your master. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. He's saying, come back. You've been scattered. You've been splintered in your desires and where you've been putting your feet for too long. Come to your father. A child knows when they need to come back to their dad. And what do we see in the story of the prodigal son? We see a father who chased after him and ran out to meet him. This is an invitation. This is a recognizing our desperate need for connection with God. He could be stirring in your heart that you need to be getting up earlier. He could be stirring in your heart, start using your drive time as prayer time. He could be stirring in your heart, turn that music off and this music up. I heard something recently that really, really blessed me. And when we're wondering for what should be our next steps, instead, maybe ask this question, what is it I need to neglect? Because maybe you have the next steps you need to be taking. But that would be too much if you're also keeping all of this over here. What is it you're needing to neglect? Is it the thought that you're too young? Probably. That's not going to help. Is it these things that are buying your time, which is all the world after? It's after your attention. It's after conforming you to what it wants your ideals and your passions and your desires to be. When the Lord is like, stay connected to me, I want to show you and develop in you and, and, and break out inside of you so that you are just permeating with desire to do what I've made you to do. What would be so sad what would be so sad is if you, you have an instrument that can't do what it was made to do. The thing is, he's given you everything to fulfill the call he's placed on your life. So you can play the song he's put in you. You're not broken. When he comes to live inside of you, he puts you back together. He heals those wounds. There's this sanctifying process that he draws you into. You are whole in him, in your spirit. And he says to live by the spirit, not by the soul, right? Not by the flesh. So I just, I, I want to encourage you guys this morning. I just know that there's things that the Lord's put in your heart. There's a boldness that he's calling out from you to lead, to not be afraid of what it's gonna look like, to lead the people he's placed in your life, to be the example, okay? Be it. Be, let it, let it just show. It says in his word that they will know we are Christians by our love. Now, I can have a desire to love, but they won't know me by my desires. They will know me by my actions, the things that I actually am doing, right? What is he calling you to do? What has he appointed you and set you apart to accomplish in this life? In the last two minutes here, I just want to, um, if you guys would all stand with me, if, if you would. And if you would just open up your hands to the Lord just in a, in a, in a receiving heart. After this, we'll do announcements and, and uh, offering, but I just want to take this, this minute here. I, I want you to come to the table in your mind right now with God. I want you to see the table that he's sitting at. And there's one other seat, and that's for you. And he's saying, come. Okay? You've opened the door. And he, he's there with you now. And you're coming to sit before the Lord. And now there's this exchange going on. 
I believe right now he's bringing up to you the things that he's been calling you to do. Or he's giving you fresh vision and insight. I believe for visions right now. I I, I believe, Father, that you are speaking with the loudest whisper in people's heart right now. The things that you you are putting on their life to accomplish and fulfill. Lord, I just pray that they would hear that so clearly what it is you've set them apart and appointed them to do. And then any response, any security, any fear that it would come out right now before you, Lord. And that they would take that to you. They would put it back in your hands. Lord, the fear that's been causing us to accomplish the things you've set in our our life to do. Lord, I just rebuke that fear from our life in Jesus' name. I rebuke confusion. I rebuke um, laziness. I rebuke I rebuke anger and unforgiveness that has been keeping us from opening our heart to you, Lord. We have been waiting. We have been waiting for someone else to make the decision for us when it's a decision we need to make. Lord, I just pray that we would hear now your response. We would hear you answer that insecurity. That we would see we don't need to be limited by the fear or or trial or mountain that we see in our path, but Lord, that we would just believe in what you've said. And I just speak security to that call. I fan that flame right now in Jesus' name, and I just pray, Lord, that we would walk out of this place knowing that you have our back, that you will protect us, and that you will carry us and give us everything that we need, Lord, for connection with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, with, with all eyes closed and heads bowed, if there's anyone here that has never connected with the Father, and you want that. You, you want the Lord to come and live inside your heart. And that's a decision you want to make this morning. If you would raise your hand, that's something that, that we as a church, we want to pray with you on. All right. And be, there might be someone online. So church, if we would just all pray together. Um, Father, I hear you knocking. I know you are Lord. Forgive me of my sins. I open the door to you to be my Savior and to be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that's someone someone online, um, I just want to encourage you, please connect with us. Please um, message us on Facebook or email us online at info at rlcholland.com. Call us. We have our number on there too. We really want to connect with you and be able to give you the tools you need to stay in that connection. Amen.